So hello and welcome to the Two Medics podcast. My name is Drushkin Wardner. I'm a cardiology registrar, subspecialising in intervention. And I'm Bethan John. I'm a GP trainee, ex-neurosurgery trainee, specialising in everything. And I wanted to say something because I noticed last week when Imran did it, you both had a specialising in. And I was like, I want to specialise in something but then realize I specialize in probably everything, but also nothing all at the same time. <laughs> Do you remember like Imran's one was I specialize in following the money. So there's yeah. nothing noble yeah. or impressive about that, is there? We knew that anyway, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he pret- likes to pretend it's MSK, whatever that is. But, I, oh God. And then he adds in the money thing. Might, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So our sponsors are at Scrubs, S-C-R-B-S underscore UK. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram. They are medical professionals that design scrubs for people who work in clinical environments, so dentists, doctors, nurses, carers. And they focus on making scrubs that are comfortable, but also durable to wear. And if you use our promo code, which is 2medics, T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S-10, you get 10% off. So do check them out. Treat yourself to some comfortable scrubs. Treat yourself. Yes. Treat yourself. Exactly. Right. Bethan and Darusha's orders. Yes, exactly. Just why not? It's something that didn't come up as a treat. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, I need to know what B thinks about this, right? <laughs> now, we've all had the kind of like really catchy kind of song in our head, but this is a different type of brainworm. I'm talking about a tweet. There's an article on, it was on bbc.co.uk on the 29th of August. And a lot, basically a live worm was found in Australian woman's brain in world first. There's an amazing. That is just, I know the photo of the surgeon is one of the best things (laughs) I've seen this year. Oh my God. Like you could probably see the whites all the way around. She's after her eyes. And I just love how someone's got a microphone there. She's there with the forceps showing (laughs) exactly what her facial expression was at that crucial time. Yeah, live reenactment. So like, how does this appear in like a vignette? What's the deal? What's the deal? What happened? I don't know where you want me to start, but <laughs> essentially, the Russia, there was a worm in a woman's brain. <laughs> I know, right? But, but yeah, so I think, so they said that they, so this worm is apparently native to some sort of snake and it's never been found in humans before. And I think the take-home message from the case report was like, please listen to this because this just shows another incident of like, Infections and parasites crossing from animals into humans. Oh, I see. I I didn't quite take that message from (laughs) it. The message I took was, holy, there's a worm in a woman's brain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I just was obsessed by the whole reenacting of this. And I I first came aware of this story. So I'm having like loads of issues sleeping at the moment. And I have like Radio 4 on in the background when I'm in bed. And I just uh, was just like stirred in my sleep or something. And this story was being told as I was like oh, waking God. up and I was okay. like suddenly I was like oh my gosh brain worms what it was just I thought oh no this is just a Surreal. dream but yeah. it was the real sang um, I did see a few people yeah. say I could imagine that there might be a worm in my brain like how do we all know that we aren't being piloted who knows like that this is the thing and I think this lady like they said she presented with like random symptoms yeah, what's the that thing? didn't really fit and it was only because of a scan that there was yeah. something, but even then they didn't realize it was like a worm. I think it was only intraoperatively when they were biopsying whatever this was on the scan that it actually pulled it and a bloody worm came out. Yeah, so guys, like, just in case there are medical students out there and you're looking, for, looking out for how this might appear as a MCQ question, 
So this is a 64-year-old woman who for months had suffered symptoms like stomach pain, a cough and night sweats. Classic, really. Classic, classic, yeah. Which evolved into forgetness, forgetfulness and depression. <laughs> She's admitted to hospital in January 2021 and a scan later revealed an atypical lesion within the right frontal lobe of the brain. And then they said, so it's a red, so when they only revealed by her knife during the biopsy in June 2022. So that's mm. over a year later. And they said the red yeah. parasite could have been alive in her brain for up to two months, just wriggling around. I, my, I love the bit where it says the quote, I pulled it out and it was happily moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The neurosurgeon Freedom. who found, yeah, who found the worm said she had only begun to touch the brain path that had shown up strangely in the scans when she felt it. I thought, gosh, that feels funny. <laughs> Which is like the <laughs> understatement of the century, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so weird. Oh my god. Oh my god, look at it. Wait a second. It says that it came from a lake area in southeast New South Wales. Yeah. Australia. Okay. Oh yeah. Not real Wales, like no, Australia right, Wales. Right Australia. Yeah. And I the, I quite I probably do have worms in my brain, but yeah, they, they've not <laughs> yet to be discovered. Yeah, get yourself checked out. Go to your GP. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried I've got a, wor a brain worm. Yeah, exactly. See, they don't laugh anymore. <laughs> Moving on to some of the other kind of more serious topics in the week. There's a lot of serious stuff out there. Yeah, a lot happened this week, I think. Yeah. Shall we start with one that's always just universally, like well, as soon as you see Birmingham Hospital, you know it's going to yes. be a downer. Should we talk about Birmingham? Yeah, so there was, there was a tweet this week about... Essentially, it was, it was an article in the Health Service Journal titled Insecure, which was in quotation marks, junior medics crying every day in chaotic department. And I think this was essentially an article about another department in University Hospital Birmingham, which appears to have four, <laughs> where haematology trainees were reportedly to be crying every day and the department was placed under GMC enhanced monitoring. And I don't know, I just saw this and again, it's like, surprising but not surprising if that makes sense yeah how much smoke does that place have to emanate before someone just well, this is it like poor dr vaish kumar was working in the midlands obviously i don't i'm not a fan with the kind of exact hospital and things she we have reports from there of dr suicides and it just i think notoriously has a lot of bad rep from trainees obviously not all trainees not all departments and allegedly but i just think I don't know, isn't that, must not that be like an absolutely soul-destroying, horrific place department or place to be when that's what's getting reported kind of thing? Yeah, it just, it strikes me though, that doesn't it, on places like that, when it's that bad, the, the deanery is supposed to just pull the trainees? Like, I think it has happened just... in some places. I, there was a, like last year or the year before, there was a, was it a hospital in Newcastle that had some yes. cardiac? or cardiothoracic trainees yeah, or something it, called. Yeah. But I don't know like what the threshold is. I don't understand yeah. how that happens. How often you have to be crying? Is it like, yeah. like every is it, day? Yeah, like oh, a so just once a week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> only when it reaches four days a week do we yeah. get involved. Yeah, yeah you like, <laughs> crying. Is this, it'd be a typical kind of like educational supervisor, like NHS response. Like, Why don't you do a diary of how often you're crying? And, like, yeah, like a monitoring exercise. Yeah, and yeah. Good. yeah and come back exactly. to us. Uh, yeah, and they're classic. like, oh, sorry, you didn't fill it out on these days, so you're gonna have to do it again. Yeah. And yeah, you really like it. But some, someone pointed out in the replies actually that I don't know why I don't know why the article used insecure as a word to describe oh, yeah, the trainees, true. and they said it's a pretty odd and quite judgmental word to use about staff crying at work. 
obviously I'm not au fait enough to have access to the HSJ journal. So I could only read the quick page headline. No, but fair enough. I just, it was just, yeah, it's an interesting choice of word, isn't it? Who knows what's going yeah. on, but sounds well, horrendous. Yeah, I think that kind of relates quite nicely to, I guess we, we did, I mean, everyone talks a bit about Lucy Letby, but mm. like some of the offshoots of that, the language yeah. used, one of the things that they suggested was about, where was it? It was like, I think it was like the Nursing Times that suggested that kind of oh, um, yeah. people should be screened for mental health disorders. So they, the they've deleted, there. yeah, they've deleted that tweet since, but obviously all the, it was up for a long time and obviously there was mm. a lot of people vehemently against it and right rightly because how i don't know it's again it's that stigmatizing of mental health isn't it like this person's a serial killer so she must have had a mental illness yeah and what is yeah but what is like someone said if you were to screen healthcare professionals for mental illness there would be literally like hardly anyone left in the workforce yeah like ding 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 ding. like light up like a christmas tree Totally. And it wouldn't be for that reason that they're doing it. The implication yeah. is that you're singling them out because they're danger. But yeah. in actual fact, it's a risk to themselves. But people don't really give a shit about that, do they? That totally. They're implying that. I, yeah, it just, it's, I, it's not sorry. screening for your benefit to make sure that there's support in place or let us yeah. help you or anything like that. It's all about just, is it just showing face that they need to do something or... Yeah, I don't. I get people want to have explanation. I feel like they want to have an explanation for her behavior, and mm. that just seems to be like a common yeah. trope. But it's been pointed out by disability activists again and again that this that that trope in itself is a very harmful but commonly used one, Absolutely. and and it just takes us in a in a bad direction. It does. It does. And I think it's particularly upsetting that it was actually, this was actually put forward by people in nursing and healthcare. And there was a reply from Cara Lissette, who's obviously a very good activist and campaigner for kind of mental health and things. And she said, it's honestly shocking that anybody in nursing would suggest that this is appropriate and shows an enormous lack of understanding about mental health, which all nurses, regardless of field, should have a stable knowledge base of. And it's like they're clutching at straws almost, I think, isn't it? Like you say, there's got to be a reason. This couldn't have just happened because consultants' concerns were ignored and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, it's icky. Yeah, I think people do. It's such a common thing, isn't it? That people want, I don't want a simple explanation or like a straightforward mm. or kind of something that kind of a pithy one sentence answer to a question when unfortunately it's life is way more complicated than that. And I think people just want to pigeonhole it, box it, and then put it to the side so they just carry on and just pretend like the world is full of order. But exactly. it's a really harmful way of just minimizing a really complicated problem. Yeah. And um, I think like I've thought a bit about it as well. And I wondered whether it was like a way for some people to bury their heads in the sand. So what yeah, kind definitely. of what you're saying, like this would this wouldn't affect me. And so I can just say this and it's nothing to do with me. It's someone else's fault. And then it's, we don't have to actually acknowledge the big issues at play because we can just blame it on this perceived mental illness that she might have apparently had. That's a had. really good point. That's a really it's, good point. It's completely ignorant. I feel like it's when, you know, like people in the States, when, when there's a shooting and then people talk about gun legislation and then people say, it's too soon. It's too soon to talk about it. And I find... And it's, it, yeah, and it's actually, it's probably the perfect time because this mm. catastrophic thing has happened. So when else are we going to talk about it, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like it's the same vibe, just kicking totally. a can down the road. Yeah, oh that's, gosh, yeah. 
we've got quite a few depressing topics along this <laughs> yeah. I guess the kind of theme is the safety of whistleblowers. There was one in the BMJ that I thought we should mention, which is awful. Like I was reading, I'm just thinking it was just a complete and utter car crash. Yeah. So if you wanted to look it up, it was on the 25th of August, 2023. So that's when it was published. And it was in the news section. So doctor who was sexually assaulted at work wins case against trust after it asked colleague if she had inappropriate relationships. And so it goes on to say, I guess because we're going to be talking, this topic involves sexual assault. So it might be a trigger warning for the next kind of 10, 15 minutes about this poor surgical trainee who was essentially harassed at work. I won't go into t- the details of that. But when she reported it, there were just the things you'd think it was just completely mis- mishandled. There's an investigator who then went into a kind of character assessment of her and her kind of history. And then re- the assessment of the person who committed the like indecent harassment just completely under underinvestigated that person. It just, and then in the end, this the poor victim was suffering with PTSD, ended up leaving medicine. It's now, I think, an administrator. It was just from the start to finish. Just yeah. terribly mismanaged. When you sent me that article and I was reading it, I felt like every sentence that I read next, I just thought, surely not. <laughs> and it just kept getting worse and worse. And I ended, I tweeted about it because the one thing that kind of struck a chord with me was the whole thing was awful, like for the reasons you've just said. But then a senior female colleague was like appointed as, as one of the investigators and it all got, there was some reports that she was then apparently asking other colleagues about what is she, what's her character like, quite mm. personal questions about like relationships and stuff like that. And it was, it just made me realize actually that it's not necessarily a given that our female colleagues are yeah, we'll safe be spaces. Yeah. And I just, well, I would, it was like the last thing I would have expected from someone else who could potentially have has been in a similar situation or has experienced sexual harassment and things. And I just, and it was very one, it was very unequal in terms of, I think the consultant or whoever was the perpetrator had asked not for his, for certain questions to be asked. And this investigator lady acknowledged that. And then when the junior who was making the allegations requested the same, she just completely ignored that. And it it just, I just didn't think things could get any worse. And then every sentence they just did. So truly heartbreaking. Yeah, it's terrible. And as you say, some. Like, we know that there are people who take perhaps value their own proximity to power mm. more than being an ally to people who you'd otherwise think should be considered kinfolk. Mm. And it's a real shame. And it's always really disappointing when you see people like I always think I think that when I see people like Rishi Sunak or Suella Braverman and you're like, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And it makes it extra hot. You feel like extra undermined because you're like, this is, you should have some insight here. This is extra wrong. Mm. And uh, I do find they can all still, unfortunately, be athletes of the patriarchy yeah. and uh, power. But th- there was another example of uh, essentially a whistleblower or someone coming forward being unfairly punished. There was a post by the BMA, which on the 24th of August at 11.30 a.m. that said the BMA is deeply concerned that Epsom and St. Helier University Hospital's NHS Trust is seeking to force Dr. Usha Prasad to pay the Trust's costs in relation to the employment tribunal process stemming from Dr. Prasad raising patient safety issues. So there can be a little dem- doubt that demands of this nature from an employer will have a chill effect on the profession, deterring doctors from coming forward to 
to raise the legitimate public interest of safety concerns. We urge the trust to immediately withdraw its application for costs. It is vital that doctors are able to speak up about behaviors and actions that may have an adverse effect on staff well-being, patient care, and patient safety, and to do so free from financial duress. And that's the thing, isn't it? They pay lip service mm. to freedom to speak up guardians and stuff. But yeah, kind of things are tacit ways of putting pressure on people. Totally. And it's just like this stuff is not new to us, but it's ironic how kind of all these stories have suddenly come as like a flurry with the whole like Lucy Letby stuff. And again, there were stories there about people raising legitimate concerns and who were completely ignored. And then again, here someone's trying to raise concerns, but it's having to fund all the legal costs. Mm. And it's just, it's like a me- it's like a message, isn't it? Like, mm. I don't know, you're waking up with that horse's head in your bed kind of thing. <laughs> that type of threat. Was, don't you know, how dare you actually raise legitimate concerns about patient safety? Yeah. We copied in so many different examples. And but mm. I guess, and there was the, the example in kind of world football, right? So, oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, so guess, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to know why women... That guy, yeah. If you want to know why women don't report assault, a footballer was kissed against her will in front of millions worldwide. The guy who did it didn't resign, gave a completely (laughs) different version of events than those caught on camera. And people are still debating what happened. And then his mom went on a hunger strike. Did you hear that? Yeah, she, and I read something today that apparently she's now been hospitalized because of said hunger strike. And yeah, yeah, it's that, it's that thing, isn't it? That mothers think that their kids can do no wrong, but. As this tweet is saying, it was literally caught on camera. What is there to debate? But Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just says it all, doesn't it? Doesn't it make you think what's real anymore when literally... <laughs> what is like, like... Yeah, like <laughs> literally we've seen it. There's like video evidence. Yeah. Like, well, what do people need? And people are like, no, I didn't. Know. You're like, but it's I was expecting, video. yeah, I was expecting the anti-vaxxers to jump on and say yeah. something like, oh, it was all manipulated, it was all yeah. photoshopped, and Russia. she grabbed him, and yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She grabbed him. Yeah, yeah Russia, yes. <laughs> Sorry, so I didn't mean to laugh at that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, God, so shall we move to something, I don't know, a little bit less depressing, but also, I thought slightly disconcerting. Did you see the tweet from Joseph Machter? Was this about the dishwasher? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. You've already oh, lost no. your audience here. I don't own a dishwasher, darling. Like, I am a single independent woman. Yeah. I don't, I've never had a dishwasher. What? Oh, my God. You were oh so God. middle class. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you wash your own dishes, bro. What? You, don't, you get your partner to do it. Oh, God. You get your hands right. wet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that's so gross man God, yeah gross. no i did i saw that you linked this and i thought it was quite entertaining because i had no concept that this drawer existed and that you put what looked like laundry tablets into a dishwasher who knew oh, man? Wow. the yeah, whole new world to me yeah oh educate gosh, me yeah. educate sorry yeah so, so look okay i feel like i have to keep it real so <laughs> in the keep it real yes okay in our family home we had a dishwasher but my parents also didn't believe in it so they don't use it it's, it's very like much really... against Yes, yeah, well, they believe it. <laughs> I think, yeah, so I think they think that it is a waste of water, which is probably right. I don't know, oh. but I don't know. But yeah, so you, you do have a dishwasher, and basically, what Joseph Machter was saying was that he noticed that his wife throws a tablet into the whole dish, into the body of the dishwasher, into the sim- cavity, into the cavity. And the, the oh. civilized people will know that there's a drawer where you put the tablet in and it locks into place and probably like releases yeah. the dishwasher in a fashion that the tablet was oh. designed for. I'm looking at the picture now, so I see what you yeah. mean. 
utter chaos. He said, urgent request for recommendations for marriage counsellors, mediation, mediation <laughs> specialist. I've discovered that instead of putting the dishwasher tablet into the little compartment, my wife just throws it into the machine. So anyway, I was incredulous. I was shocked. I know what I was doing at the time, but I stopped what I was doing to go and tell Joe. Like, this is crazy. And Joe was like, yeah, I do both. And I was like, what? You do both? And she's like, yeah, because it's like doubly cleaner. And I was like, oh, wow. So oh, that's... she like double tabs. <laughs> double tabs. She, yeah. she double, double tabs. tabs. Yeah. 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 So there you go. That's so a good like, wife oh, you've it's... got there, my friend. Yeah. A very good but wife. Make no mistake. She makes no mistake. Those <laughs> dishes get extra clean. But, yeah. So I just thought that was, oh, I can't... yeah, fair enough. So that's... what do you, so what do you use? Like a sponge and hot water then? Or cold water? So like, I don't know. Like I, I'm like, think it's amazing because... Well, not amazing. Oh my gosh, dishwashers. <laughs> what is this technology? Sorcery. <laughs> I know. Where can I do it with? But no, I, I hate washing the dishes. Like it is just right. me. Like it's really not a hard job to do. Like that whole getting your hands in and there's a bit of scrambled egg that was on a saucepan and it just floats and it touches you and you're like, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I, I assume that with a dishwasher that you don't have any of that trauma. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just don't know where I it's not really an option for me right now. I don't have, I was thinking, where would I put that in my house? But I assume yeah. that people move into things where there's what, like dishwashers built no. in and stuff. I am not ruling it out from my future. And if it was something that came to me, yeah. I would absolutely be up for using it. And I will yeah. do what Joe does and do a double tabber and just yeah, see what the results are. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Just <laughs> both from so, all angles. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They can't escape. And I was like trying to think of an analogy of like when they're just like chucking the tab into the thing. And I was like, it's like squirting toothpaste into your mouth and then oh brushing your gosh. teeth after. And then I was oh, like, do people do that? I don't know, but it seems like the same vibe. Yeah, I get that. Like, oh, There's a mess with the sequencing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway, okay, all right. Yeah. So that's, I do, that, was I do that thing. I, I say I do that thing though, because again, it's just me and I don't have anyone to impress or look after. When you said that, it just needs to soak. I'm not going to wash it right yeah. now because it just needs to soak. So you that, that means I can put it off for like two or three yeah. days. Yeah. Boiling hot water. And yeah, boiling hot yeah. Water and that, so I'm just, just soaking. There's just, yeah, it's just soaking. Okay, fine. But then but I have to wash when thing. I run out of utensils. What? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do you have a bowl thing? I know it's a bowl where they have. Yeah, so I, so someone told me it's very white for yeah. people to fill a bowl. And yeah. I agree. I think that's disgusting. No, mm. I just. Because if you wash something in the bowl, like the water's no longer clean, is it for them to put something else in? So someone told me that was very white person behavior. And I was like, do you know what it is? So I, mean, I don't know. I must waste a lot of water. I think my parents are a little bit white because they have a bowl. But I've, and that used to always like, fuck me up. Even as a kid, I'd be like, yeah, because yeah. I remember like underneath the bowl, like as in the bowls sit in the sink, but then obviously like stuff would go around the side and they into yeah. the bowl, and, just, and then the yes. kind of outside of the bowl would really scummy and gross. And yeah, because like, it had a bit of like debris and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. You know, so so and, every time my parents come and visit me at my house, my yeah. mum says, "Oh, you've not bought a washing up bowl yet," and I'm like, "No, that's no. purposeful." And then so uh, but the day that so they always leave, so they stay, and then I go to work one day, and then they'll go. They do tell me in advance that they go, and they oh, don't yeah, just yeah, abandon yeah. me. But <laughs> so they go, and then right. guaranteed, when I come home from work that day, every single time my mum has bought a washing up bowl, and there's a bowl no in the way. sink, and I oh, phone God. her and I say, "Oh, I don't need the bowl. Like I've I've taken it back or whatever." And then the next time they visit, "Oh, you've not they bought a washing bowl. up bowl yet?" Yeah. yeah, and so then they just I don't know. That's so it's, just, funny. it's just become a petty fight now. And even if I did agree with the bowl, I wouldn't have You're one. On principle? No. Yeah, exactly. What? I'm not losing. What you should do is say, oh, that's like my new sick bowl and have that as a sick bowl. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, thanks. 
I'm going to use that for the next time I vomit. Well, why do I keep getting flashbacks of the Reddit story about the poop knife? I don't know why that's just every time someone mentions a sick bowl. So yeah, go and look that up at your peril. Poop knife. Oh yeah, I do vaguely. Yeah, I don't know. I've got, yeah. It's compartmentalized in my mind. So Surprise, I, I thought, it. yeah, I reckon you know about that kind of stuff. I think I do. I think I do. I think it's you the will same. Know. Yeah. It's, anyway. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> look it up. On from... <laughs> oh God. Okay, so... Here's another familiar story. Should we do the HR struggle? So that's a familiar story. A tale as old as time. I'm yes. feeling this at the moment a little bit. Indeed. So this um, was, uh, yeah, so you can say this kind of stuff comes up like all the time, doesn't it? And this was, this was a consultant who had, was basically lamenting his struggles about just trying to get paid for the work that he's done. Yeah. So I genuinely think that NHS HR departments are one of the top reasons why the NHS struggles with recruitment. I did an emergency locum shift in March in an external trust. And in order to get paid, I have to sign up as an employee, which is fine. But now apparently I have to physically turn up a two hour drive away with my documents so that someone can check their originals. Bonkers. First of all, who does that anymore? Even the home office accepts scanned documents. But secondly, why are they trying to prove his identity after he's already done the shift? shift. (laughs) They were quite happy for him to do. Without yeah. any of this, like, administrative palaver. But yeah, this is why trusts that sometimes struggle to recruit need to deep dive into their recruitment process. Clinicians scratching their heads, wondering why they can't attract employees on a short or long-term basis should start there. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing, true. actually. So I'm in the kind of process of leaving and stuff at the moment. And uh, being asked for, like, your bank statement and stuff. And so many few, oh. so few people give you printed. Oh, yeah, it's all PDF things. now, isn't it? It's all online. Yeah. I don't know. And they only have to bring it in. And they expect you to do that on your own time. It's like that yeah. stuff and like induction, which are also kind of implication is that you need to do that before you start. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that unless I'm getting paid for it, surely. Yeah, um, exactly. It's not just something that you do for the goodness of your health, is it? Like at the end of the day. No, they're doing it so they can tick a box and say that they did it so that they can blame you if you get it wrong or something. Right? When, I, when I started GP training and it was this whole thing again, even though being a GP trainee, I was with the exact same employer that I was with. As a neurosurgery trainee for seven years, I still had to do this whole prove my identity thing. And I was like, I've just worked, like you, you just, you've just paid me. Like I'm the same person. I've not changed. It's the exact same employer. And then there was this whole thing about utility bills and bank statements being online. And they made me go to the post office and pay someone to just stamp it and say that it was mine. And I just thought, it's just like, why? It's, and it's made arbitrarily difficult. For what reason, as you say? Like, why? I don't know. Maybe it's entertaining someone because I literally can't think of any other reason. Oh, do you think it's like a power thing? Yeah, I don't or know. To like, work maybe... with us. Yeah, there'll special. be a book. Ri- there'll be a book written about us one day of all these losers that actually did this shit <laughs> that they were asked yeah. to do. Can oh my god, look at it? these guys! Yeah, she went. Yeah. She literally went to the post office when. Yeah, you know, she literally got. She literally answer. paid twenty quid for someone to stamp <laughs> yeah. a PDF of a bank statement. What a chump! Oh god! Oh, yeah, she's oh. meant to be a doctor. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. god! Yeah, she fought for that. One, one day, one day. Speaking of like other vestigial remnants of rotational training, the whole aspect of rotational training, Dr. Neil Stone was saying, maybe it's time to end that. Yeah, it's good to experience different hospitals, but it's not yeah. good for people's yeah. lives to have to move every six months. So yeah. How, what's your, like, where do you stand on that? Yeah, so so I was, funnily enough, I was counting the other day of how many rotations I've done. So I've been qualified for 10 years and I'm probably, I don't know, must be on like my 20th rotation or something. 
And you someone are. was saying to me like recently, does that, does that contribute to the anxiety and stuff that you feel? And I was like, actually, no, because I have done it so many times now that like, I've just become like numb to it in a way. Like I just know it's going to be crap. I know it's not going to make sense. I know I'm not going to have a proper induction. I know I'm just going to have <laughs> to take weeks to figure out the job. But yeah. then I was also thinking as well. So when I was in neurosurgery, we, I could have done more rotations but the fact that in neurosurgery, you could only train in so little units that it actually was like I was staying in one place. And I appreciated at the time how incredible that was. So as soon as I got my training number for ST1, I just stayed in that same unit for what well, until I resigned, only rotating to the children's hospital to do peds. But all of my entire training was just between those two hospitals. And... Okay. I made a lot of friends when I was working in terms of we were a small unit. We were a solely dedicated neuro hospital. So I pretty much knew everyone that was working there. And I really appreciated that I would rotate and my consultant would change, but I was in the same building. I was still working with the same people. And then I reflected and I thought, yeah, like I've managed to make friends here and that's good. But, and that, and for me, I was like, yeah, rotational training, it's the pits. Like, I, I think we should definitely stay in one place. But then I thought about those people who'd never put those roots down because just the way we are, isn't it? Everyone's different. Yeah. I thought, how awful would it be oh, if for whatever reason, yeah, that you could, that you just didn't gel with people that you couldn't, I don't know, get yourself respected or whatever. I don't know. And I thought for those instances, rotational training is good because since I've started GP training, there definitely has been some jobs where I've been, thank goodness I am moving mm. on. I cannot wait to get out of here. And for me, it's just been like, even though sometimes I think, well, with that ball ache of starting a new rotation, it's actually been euphoric because it means I don't have to do obs and gyne. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but it's just, do you know what I mean? It works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, fair enough. No, that's a good, you're right. Because as you say, if you're just stuck in a rut or just in a place where it's just, it's not the right kind of vibe for you, then you're really stuck. And that can be just as difficult, really, as having to uproot and change. Yeah. I just wonder, like, why can't it be easier? Like, why can't it be like an online thing where, when oh, you're totally. given like rotations, you could just swap with one another and be like, I'll swap it. If you're like, yeah, they're trying to do EU stuff for swapping shifts, which is a bit of shit. Like, why couldn't they do like a thing where you could just swap rotations and stuff around or whatever so that you could be in the same Yeah, because or... there must, there's always going to be someone who's, who needs to work where you are working. Like I refuse yeah. to believe that there's any way in the UK that not a single person wants to work. Like it, sh it should be a lot easier than what it is. <sighs> I feel like it's like a choice. Good luck with that. Yeah, it is. And it's a good point because lots of people were getting involved. And I think people who weren't in medicine were shocked that. I don't think they appreciated that actually we don't really set roots down for more than six months and have to move on again. And some deaneries are huge. Like Wales, for example, mm -hmm. is one deanery. So it could be one, one place for F1 and then a five-hour drive away for F2. But you're still counted as being in the same deanery and stuff. So I think... Yeah. People don't, we just don't have any autonomy or say, I think is what is very frustrating. Yeah, fair enough. There, there was another tweet, which I just thought we were going to mention to you, which is from Joe Walsh. And he was saying, so he's an EM trainee. And he said, when burnout is by far the highest amongst emergency medicine trainees, should our annual PDP just say, number one, survive the year. Number two, see above. Number three, yeah. see above. 
<laughs> then Dominic Rodders has said, pass ARCP by simply not quitting. That vibe. Uh, totally. It's a good point, isn't it? Because I think, I think about the BS that I sometimes put on my PDP because my supervisors, well, you need to create smart goals and you need to prove that you've obtained them and stuff. And I just think, you don't know me. Isn't it enough that I've just done what I've needed to do? I don't know. I just, I don't know. It feels a bit patronizing, but I totally agree with Joe. Like surviving the year at the moment is just should be more than enough. Because you know, confident, you know, compliments are so few and far between as well. Hello. And so sometimes just getting through the year without kind of having everyone thinking you're horrendous and having loads of complaints is like an achievement in itself because you're not going to necessarily finish the year and have everyone singing your praise. Like, so often like people, they only really notice you when things are going wrong. And if they don't, yeah. for us, like some of our consultants, like what the names of the last group of SHOs were, they'd be like, and then you'd be like, yeah. they're any good? They're like, yeah, they're fine. And it just, it's just, it's just been made difficult, yeah. more difficult than it needs to be. I think totally, and it's really funny because, like, my feeling has always been, and it's strange because, like, I think when you were younger and you're in school and stuff, you're always like pushing yourself to do more and you've, to be good at what you do and stuff. And I noticed that like quickly dwindling in university, and I realised actually I just want to just get my degree and move on, kind of thing. And then, like, as soon as I qualified and stuff, and I realised what this kind of world of training was all about. And I just thought, you know what? Actually, my preferred option would just be to fly under everyone's radar and just quietly <laughs> get by. And it's sometimes, and I always used to think that would work in my favor because like you say, it's always the people that have particular problems or perceived issues that kind of people remember. But then it, I feel like it gets to a point as well that if you are that person who just quietly ticks on, does what they need to do, I'm not, achieving great things but then it comes to a point where people are like oh you've not done enough and you just think actually no I'm ticking all the boxes yeah what, what is the issue and people are obsessed with publications and stuff but then in reality right. it doesn't show you what kind of doctor you are yeah exactly I remember Imran was talking about like the number of assessments to get and he'd just go for the bare minimum and they'd be like you've yeah. done the bare minimum and then he'd be like yeah so Correct. what that's how yeah. You, yeah yeah well, totally feel that <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah what literally is the question Speaking of above and beyond, so there was a tweet from Alex Levard that you copied in. I feel, yes. do you feel this? Do you feel this? Yeah. So as someone who loves writing letters and cards and stuff, I really mm -hmm. felt this and it's, I've never received any, but I enjoy giving them. So I find Alex that hard Navard, to believe. Yeah. The truth, man. It's the truth. But Alex Navard on the August 28th tweeted, thank you cards from trainees are definitely one of my favorite things as a consultant. It means a lot. And yeah, I, sometimes I worry, I always worry that I'm too much and stuff, but I am that type of person that if I feel gratitude or grateful or whatever, I don't know, maybe I do go overboard, who knows, but I do, I just believe that we should say it and stuff. Yeah. And I, particularly with like things like rotations and that, I think because having good experiences has been outnumbered by less than good experiences that when I've had that kind of rotation or job where I feel that actually this was amazing I do I will go and write cards like, yeah I just like that and it's I think it's a nice memento and there is that yeah. element isn't it of oh they can put that in their appraisal or whatever and yeah. it's proof but it's just that I think it's nice it must be nice to receive that thinking oh I've made a difference or do you know what I mean yeah 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 definitely and you hope that feeling would continue to go around and it's not 
cost it's not like a super costly thing to do but it can mean a lot yeah totally uh, i think especially now when like we think services and things are just so stretched and you just know don't you like when you when you're on a rotation and things it's probably not how it was sold to you and you struggle to get to clinics and stuff like that and i think to think then that someone actually says despite that i've learned a lot and i've appreciated your supervision and all that jazz it's just such a little thing to do yeah fair enough just noticed this tweet from you did you want to so you added that one never having a day off sick yes so this was this was a tweet from julia who was lamenting about how it becomes like some sort of badge of honor that you know if you've never had a day off sick then you should be congratulated for that so julia tweeted on august the 29th 9 26 p.m why is this celebrated as if illness or disability is a choice and makes you less strong or good or moral of a person we absolutely should not be praising people for pushing themselves to work to their limits this culture is so toxic in healthcare and she was quote tweeting an article in the yorkshire post about a healthcare worker retiring after 34 years without a single day off sick. That was some huge congratulatory thing. Good for her that she's never needed to take a day off sick, but mm. why is that like a yardstick that people are getting compared to? And it's the same with like attendance awards in schools, isn't it, for children yeah. and this kind of stuff. And I just, I don't know, like I think in healthcare, especially like what we were saying about there's lots of concerns about mental well-being and burnout and stuff. It's almost like an us and them kind of thing then, isn't it? If you take a day off, then you're less of a person or you're less of a nurse, less of a doctor. It's just, yeah, it's a shame that in healthcare, especially like that message is still being perpetuated. Absolutely. It's fabulist, isn't it? Great for you that you're able to do that the entire time. But uh, I'm I'm not, as you say, and as Drew was saying, like, I'm not sure how whether that's something to be necessarily like yeah like why did an article need to be created about that like that woman could have or not i'm not saying that she requested that but it could have been like oh actually for me this is an achievement fine but like why is that made the news in the uk yeah and there's quite a few kind of like different accounts that kind of said deeply uncomfortable they're celebrating your career is great but the implication is that those without the good fortune of good health or good living with a chronic current illness are less dedicated or in any way less valid is not okay totally our farbot's done a little kind of gift there where he's just like plugging his just... he loves his gifts <laughs> they're all at him but he's got for every occasion <laughs> like you must but i don't know he must have this little repository of just yeah just there like... must be like a farbot gift library yeah farbot. probably subscription yeah. only who knows <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. to get in on that get in on yeah that. Speaking of like terrible optics, yes. There's so many options from this week. Oh my God. You put this in the hero (laughs) doctor, Indian doctor. Or literally, it's Indian doctor, which sounds a bit racist, but that's literally the handle, Indian doctor. Yeah. 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 So it was, so it was Dr. Phil Lee's quote tweet of this that actually caught my eye. So essentially the original tweet was by someone who indeed calls themselves Indian doctor, who very so essentially as a bit of a preface we've joked on the podcast in the in the past haven't we about how this american doctors or doctors mm. who they like tweeting about their experiences on a plane and how they saved this person's life who merely had a base of eagle and all that jazz this just took it to another bloody extreme 
So this, yeah. gosh, this this post literally listed like the names of him and his colleagues and how they were on a, a, a on a plane and a little child became cyanotic and he literally went into the type of surgery this child had, yeah, some cardiac surgery. Then literally in all the details, the pulse was absent, extremities were cold. And I don't want to yeah. go into all the details because I don't want to pe- perpetuate that, but they literally even had a photo, which I assume yeah. was that of the actual child because there was a scar and stuff. And then the fo- photo next to it was the five doctors posing outside the ambulance where the paramedics are working on the child in the back. Yeah, and you yeah. could see that in the background of the shot. But it was Billy's tweet that absolutely tickled me because he made reference to how in Britain we are so preoccupied, rightly so, about this whole confidentiality thing and I've noticed that when some of our transatlantic colleagues post these stories it's often our comrades who are like saying dude what about confidentiality I feel if Lee was like made this comparison so in Britain it would be like oh no I've thought about a patient whilst ordering Costa what if the barista read my mind best date takes myself to be sure and then the American version is like hey dude check out that focus I did in flight it was gnarly and then this Indian doctor's version (laughs) but my friend, can you hold my chai whilst I take an ambulance selfie with this the sick child? child. Yeah, it's just I'm so short-sighted, isn't it? Yeah, he does add, two-year-olds are also entitled to confidentiality and dignity whilst receiving emergency medical treatment, just saying. It's, such a, it's so oh. gratuitous, isn't it? Do you I have, not have any like insight like to how like, awful this is? This is the worst day of Like, imagine that life. happened. Yeah, and imagine that happened. It must be a pretty catastrophic day of... I'm not saying it's worse than what happened to that poor child and their family, but for you to be in a flight and witness that and then to think that you've got such limited resources, how, when you land on it on the ground, not yeah. that you're going to a different planet, it. but when you land on our very earth, like how is the first thought? Everyone line up outside the ambulance, let's get a selfie together with yeah, the we'll kids get some back likes. being worked on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like a meme or something, mate. You don't need to. This is not, it's not it. Yeah, just come settle it with yourself. Like, you don't need to post about it's it. It's still there, though. It's still there. Like, even it's still the there. and the responses. But there, there was loads of, there, there was loads of comments just saying, oh my gosh, you're absolutely yes. heroes. But then, can I just say, oh, really? sorry, Iran, if you're listening, but there was loads of comments as well. Because the guy reported in his very detailed tweet that some of his doctor colleagues were radiologists. Oh, and man. then there was lots of comments saying, well, why did, what were the radiologists? And <laughs> <laughs> there was like, oh, you were heroes, but what were the radiologists there yeah, for? Seriously. I was like, oh my gosh. They were there to ask what the GFR was. That's what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, What's totally. Contrast, yes. contrast, nephropathy, baby. So speaking of other specialty, did you see, so introducing barbers amongst our ranks, I saw a tweet from Ben Novel, and he was saying, mm-hmm. He was quote-tweeting a tweet from Andrew Gregory, this was on August the 29th. Men in England to be offered blood pressure checks in barbershops, tests part of the NHS drive to cut heart attacks. Right, chill out. Ooh, a study classic. finds risk for men twice as high as for women. But I'm not sure how getting your blood pressure checked in a barbershop is going to necessarily help with this. It's like another, what's that word, like dog whistle, isn't it? Where they just, yeah. let's talk about something that we think people will want and that sounds like it's helpful or whatever and detract atten- attention from elsewhere. Yeah. But yeah, what? Because what stupid but, answer. It's like AI, isn't it? So well, what did the AI do? It's just another yeah. one. That thinks and yeah, Ben made that good point of what happens when the systolic is whatever and they don't have any symptoms. What do you do Do you do not like then? my reply? Do you not like my reply? 
What did you say? Yes. He said, what if the systolic is 170, 180, 190? And then I said, just ask the barber for a little off the top. Yeah. <laughs> a little off the top. Oh, you're wasted on this podcast. Oh, Absolutely <laughs> wasted. Was, I, am in the, I, s- I am in the presence of great things I right know. Here. The thing is, right? So this, he tweeted this at midday at 12.36. And I saw his tweet. I like when I was just finishing work at about five and I was like, if I'd have seen this, if I'd have seen this as soon as it came out, I'd have replied with, like it came to me straight away. And I was like, that could have been beautiful. I could have been like on, I could have been on this morning and all kinds of talk shows talking about this. This is it. Yeah. But I was five hours too late. So then I only got, I don't know, about eight or nine likes. It was still art though, man. And you know what? I'm going to appreciate it retrospectively. If you go to tweet, are you going to be able to throw a like on there? I'm going to give a like cheeky four days later. Nice. Oh my gosh, I mean, your, your reply is so far to have. You got 25 likes out of that. 26 25, now, there so, you go. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Every but, like um, counts. It made, me think of, it made me think of my first GP rotation and I had an emergency clinic and someone booked this patient in. It says worried about really high blood pressure. And I thought, oh gosh, what's it going to be? And I was trying to preempt. I thought, oh, I need to... Am I going to send him into hospital? What questions am I going to ask him? Right. All this kind of jazz in my mind. And so I phoned him and he said, yeah, I'm really concerned because I've looked at what a normal blood pressure is online and wow. my blood pressure is way above that. So I said, oh, so what were the numbers? And he said, oh gosh, I feel awful laughing about this. But he said, oh, that, so the top number was 123 <gasps> and the bottom number was 82. <laughs> and I read online that it should be 120 over 80. Right. And it said that if it was over that, then I should speak to my GP. Oh, boy. And the fair play, fair like enough. the guy was so receptive and I yeah, had yeah, to yeah. go into this huge conversation about ranges and what we're yeah. happy with and why was he checking yeah. his blood pressure? He's not known to have hypertension and all this stuff. But it just reminded me of that kind of thing because again, like Ben's saying, a one-off BP in a barbershop. And I think, God, I hate going to the hairdresser. Yeah, I hate to sit in that chair and have people touching my head. And yeah. talking to me about shite about holidays and stuff. My BP yeah. would be to Ruth. Yeah, totally. So it's just, what does it mean? Yeah, that reminds me. Like, so I remember finishing nights and I was joining a new gym. And to, before you could start using it, you had to have an induction with a personal trainer. And this personal trainer is obviously on like a bit of a grift and trying to sell his mm. personal training session. So I finished a night shift, thought I'd go in the morning, get this induction out of the way. And he, as part of this, he did my blood pressure. My blood pressure, I think it was quite high. It was like 160 or something. And I think also because I don't like having my blood pressure taken. It was, yeah, yeah. Maybe I do have hypertension. I don't know. But he was like, oh, it's a bit high. And I was like, yeah, mate, just finished the night shift. I don't really want to be talking to you. And I don't like having mm-hmm. pressure taken. So it's raised. And then he went on to go. Then he goes, okay. Tell me about your diet. And it felt like a kind of medical situation. Oh, my gosh. And I I don't know if he knew I was a doctor or not or whatever, or he just didn't care. But he went on and and it turns, he was pointing out to me that drinking too much, I I like quite like Pepsi Max, I drink quite a lot of it, or used to drink quite a lot of it. And he goes, have you ever seen that video online of when they (laughs) get a penny and they put it in a Coke? And I was like, (laughs) no. What video do you mean? And he goes, you know, that it comes out and it's clean afterwards. And I was like, okay. And he goes, that's oh, what happens to your insides. And I was like, oh my gosh. What? So what? They're clean. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. 
what? And then, oh, I, and no. he could, I think at that point he realized that like I was just, yeah, like, give over. Receptive it's and... like those, it's like those stories, isn't it? That if you had a grape with a seed in, a tree would grow in your belly. Or oh yeah. If you swallowed your chewing gum, bubble gum that you'd blow bubbles yeah. through your ass. It was no, just like, bubbles through your ass. That sounds amazing. I want to try Oh that. yeah. What were you told? Would it clog up your ass? And it's no, it just stays in your stomach oh. for 18 years. I think the Welsh took it a step further, and it was it. either they would it clog up your bum hole, or you'd just stop blowing bubbles through your bum. How big? But, is... uh, who knows? But yeah, I prefer your version better. Something about it just stays the there for many years. I heard. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Do you hear there's also that other rumor about swallowing spiders, and they say that there's that rumor. Oh, when you yeah, and that you swallow, and so apparently. The person who created that rumor said, this is, I want to demonstrate how quickly rumors and nonsense gets transmitted on the internet. I'm going to make up this story about swallowing eight spiders in your sleep per year. And really? that, yeah, and it became a thing, but that was made up. Wow. Is it 10 spiders instead, is it? <laughs> no spiders. So I'm many. annoyed now because I probably can't call myself a vegetarian anymore if I'm eating wow, 10 spiders, eight to 10 spiders a year. I don't know. I don't know. This is completely off topic, but I just, it's come into my mind and in true ADHD fashion, I've just got to say, <laughs> yeah, but it's just reminded me. Do you remember that Jamie Oliver, when he went to the States and he tried to scare kids out wow, of the chicken nuggets? nuggets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he made that pink slime to try and say, this is what your chicken nuggets are made out. Look, look how disgusting this is. And then at the end, he said, oh, who yeah. wants to eat a chicken nugget now? And yeah. they all put their yeah. hand up. Even I did. I was nugget. like, "Yeah, it's still, I'd still go it's for chicken, chicken nugget. nugget." Yeah, but yeah, I don't well, know no, how that just popped into my mind. Then no, fair enough. Like, we all yeah. know how the sausage is made, but we still, I still quite like sausage. It's, yeah, exactly. Oh, hang on, I got a joke. It's bloody awful, isn't it? Awful, all <laughs> together. Ah, uh, do you know what? That's nearly <laughs> up there with a bit of the bit off the top of the. What? No, mine yeah. is a classic. <laughs> We're no. equal now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, equal form. So there are a few more things that we should get in there. Put in a tweet from Roshana. She put in quite a few full stops for this one. W-T-A-F. And and it was about reveal. Shock. (laughs) Royal colleges making surpluses from trainee exam fees. In an absolute shock that we are being exploited. I was like, since when is this a surprise? Yeah, making a surplus on trainee exam fees. And of course, they're going to be very reasonable people who are going to say, there's the administrative oh, aspect. Something, something, Royal College, something, Royal something. Royal College, building yeah. costs, administration. But yeah. it's got to feed all those papers into the computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, but no, but I'm not being funny, right? But like, when I did MRCS, my first, the first bit was written and it was just one of those computer feed things. Oh, God. Like, how does that cost £700, like, for each person? I don't know. I just think, like, how is that a headline? Because I just thought, I just assumed that it was just a huge money maker. <laughs> yeah, it must be, yeah. isn't it? Someone's getting paid, just not us. But, and then the fees are going up, obviously, again, year on year. But our pay somehow stays the same. And this still be is something compulsory that we have to do. But, yeah, it's a bit of a frustration. It made me want to look up, like, how much MRCP is now. Because I think when I paid, when I did the first part, it was like £400. What is it now? I think it's probably about, is it six, six something now? Is it? The MRCS is six something, I think, when I was, one of the F2s in work was wanting to do it. And she just looked it up and I was like, oh. So literally both parts cost over two grand now. Amazing, isn't it? Oh gosh, I just realised I've got to pay that for my GP exams that I've just been putting off for quite some time. That's painful. Can you pay that in instalments or no? No. 
for those of you out there, I think you might, it might be. So I found out too late that you can claim it back from HMRC, but that's still paying. I'm saying, still... yeah. So you can claim, oh gosh, this is my, oh my, I'm literally become obsessed. I'm so illiterate with like financial stuff, hmm. but yeah. So you can claim exam fees. So whatever rate of tax you pay, you can claim back 20%, 40%, whatever you pay, because it's compulsory at the end of the day. And if you find a good accountant, they'll just get it all back for you. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I wanted to ask you a question, which is from a tweet that says, what instantly ruins a pizza? And I know that you've had, you've got some opinions. I'm not going to say they're controversial because to you, they're just virtual, but you quite like seafood on a pizza, right? Do, I love tuna. tuna. Yeah, tuna pizza. Tuna. So yeah. can you just educate me then? So like of course. the tuna. <laughs> some, so, someone needs to, Tharusha. Someone needs to. <laughs> so... Say, for example, if you're getting pizza from... Wait, wait, what's your pizza establishment of choice? Is it Domino's, Papa John's, Pizza Hut? This, I... God, who cares, man? It's bread. Get so, it in my belly. There's a bit of... Yeah, so, a, do you know what? Like, so I'll reflect back, and being a celiac, I, oh. of course, don't eat gluten apart from last Sunday when I ordered a tuna pizza. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, no. So, for example, like, the last place was Domino's. Yeah. Right. Next and question. Tuna and sweet corn, or is it just tuna by itself? The one I had, so I would have sweet corn, love a bit of sweet corn. The one ha I had was tuna, red onion, feta, and black olives. Next oh, interesting. No, I just wondered, <laughs> in my head, for some reason, I can't get past the tuna bit, so in my head it was just like... Yeah, a, I know um, what you mean, because, yeah, I don't eat meat, and... You don't eat meat? Love, not... No, not really. I would, I'd say I'm a vegetarian, but also... Oh, interesting. I've probably yeah. ate spiders in my oh, yeah, 12 months. But yeah, no, I just, I prefer, I like, yeah, I just love tuna on pizza. And I never, I think I know what you mean in terms of like, how does it come about? Because it's not like chunks of fish. It's like the tin stuff, I think. Yeah. And it's just sprinkled, not sprinkled, but I don't know. It just goes a bit dry, but... Yeah, still sprinkled, not, not salt yeah. bay, tuna bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. And I think it's not, God, I'm really selling it. I was going to say it's awful. No, but the thing is that, say, for example, if you're like a mess, if there's like a mess pizza thing, tuna, yeah. tuna pizza is not going to be there, is it? Unless someone... No, like, it's, it's just going to be a little veggie deluxe at that yeah. kind of situation. But I will about? say, though, when, so the last kind of communal pizza event I had was when I was working in GP and... They knew that I was celiac, couldn't really get away with saying, oh, no, but you can order me a gluten-free pizza, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I had to have a special on our own gluten-free pizza, which meant I could pretty much have whatever I wanted on it. Just with the which tuna, tuna all the way, yeah. But, like, how did the love of, how did you discover that tuna pizza was the, like, when, do you remember like, the first time, really? probably having a veggie supreme, and then one day, yeah. somehow some tuna, like, fell onto it, and then you're like, oh my god. I think one day, I must have just been in a particularly fishy mood, like, I must have just thought, oh, do you know what, I'm having a pizza tonight, and then, okay. as time progressed, do you know what, I'm going to have tuna on that pizza tonight. Wow, I just want to know this what is, happening, like, yeah, what kind of day you had. Is, it's not something that I've experienced all of my life this is no. a relatively i'd say in recent years okay. pre-covid just COVID. yeah coming up to covid right. covid yeah. wasn't the factor no, oh, no it wasn't just, the taste no, change no no <laughs> correlation yeah exactly oh shit covid infection but i don't know i just think i don't think i realized that you could have tuna on pizza and yeah, then when yeah. i saw it i thought is it's, it's like it. that joey moment in friends when he has a meat trifle and he's oh, yeah. good jam good, oh, good. custard good <laughs> 
And that was pretty much, I was like, bread, tomato, cheese, tuna, all Fair enough. delicious. Have you ever tried it though before you? I haven't. That's the thing. And because do you like I, tuna? I just can't, mm. I'm not sure. I do, but so I like it with like mayonnaise or with cheese, Ooh, yeah. right? So yeah. if it was like melted tuna with cheese in it, then I'm like getting you on that. I get that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I get the kind of tuna cheese combo. Yeah. When you're talking about the tuna. <laughs> it's like pulled like salt bait <laughs> Then you're fashion. losing me there. Then you're losing me I don't all. know what it is, but yeah, I just, no, it's, all, it's drier. And I know that sounds awful. And I don't think I've ever had tin, tinned tuna heated up until I had tuna on a pizza. But, okay. Yeah, do you, like enough. I what you strike me as a either a Texas farmhouse oh. or a might, or a mighty meteor kind of person. Yeah, I would have been because and the problem is and that's oh, the reason. Chicken why, supreme? Are you a chicken, chicken supreme? supreme? I am, yeah, I am, knew I am. it. Nice. I knew How it. did you know? I'm so boring. I'm I don't so know. Big. You've got sweet corn vibes going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the sweet corn. I am definitely a sweet corn vibe. Like, I'm really corn, yellow man. today as well. Yeah. It's nature's candy, isn't it? At the end of the day, it you is. know what I mean? It's so sweet, pay- right? That's what Beth and John et al. 2023 nature's candy. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Right, nice. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> that might be the name of the episode, I think. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> nature's candy. Yeah. Let people read into it. But like, and, like, what? and it'll be, only be at the end of the episode. They'll be like, oh, okay. I know. They'll be like, oh. <laughs> Oh, it's actually a lot sense. boring than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what I was kind of wondering about the tuna thing. Because if you think about it, whenever you get pizza, it tends to be usually in like a group of people and you're sharing or whatever. And then you get the staples. Mm. Someone will probably always get like a mighty meaty or like a supreme or whatever. And so I would have been a mighty meaty just because that's what everyone else has gotten. And I thought oh, I the see. concept of having me, okay, great. But actually, yeah. pizza sometimes less can be more. And uh, so then I realized mm. that I actually just like chicken and sweet corn. But I do like a veggie supreme. And so I. I just think that sometimes a person's origin story from like choices <laughs> can be kind of, story, yeah. it's weird, isn't it? Maybe yeah. I'm overthinking this. But like, no, no, I don't think you are. Actually, I don't think yeah. you are overthinking. I, do you know what transformed my life was understanding that you could literally have half of one pizza on one half and another half on the other half. It's amazing. And then they were like, but you can have two in one. But I was just like, that blew my mind because yeah. I thought as yeah, the most please. indecisive person yeah. ever. So, yeah, so I will have, so this is my, so this is, if I had any pizza, it would be half tuna and other supplemental ingredients that I just described. But the other half, I would be going for a cheeseburger pizza without the mincemeat. Okay. So nice. gherkins or pickles, whatever you call them, whatever yeah. that burger sauce is, onions, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's lush. Yeah, yeah, I do like cheese. Yeah. That's from Domino's, isn't it? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and why aren't Domino's sponsoring us? I know. The uh, thing is, I've got to say that Domino's is probably a bit nicer than like Pizza Hut because Pizza Hut's a bit more greasy. But then I actually like the greasiness of Pizza Hut, which is strange because I think I tend to buy it when I'm like, you know, I want grease. I want grease. And yeah. so then I tend to get Pizza Hut. But I find that many people prefer Domino's because it is a bit more, I think it is. Do you like a stuffed crust? I do. It's the best two ninety nine I've ever spent. Yeah, it's worth it. I don't really go. There's the ones that kind of they go next level with it. They'll be like, no, just give me the stringy mozzarella, like rubberness. Yeah, yeah. I will have an ordinary crust. Equally happy with it. I don't think there's anything. Yeah, but boring though. It is. It's a bit boring. It says a lot about a person. I think when they just. If they had a thin crest, oh my gosh, that's oh, a massive no. red flag. I, f- I feel like that's, a, that's like Tory behaviour. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you deprive yourself of the carbs when you can have like twice as thick? There's no understanding those people. No, and I think they should just declare themselves now. So Yeah, yeah. Look, just treat yourself. Just show your true colours. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, you still need to talk about this last tweet. Sorry, the women surgeons having better surgical outcomes. Yes, that is actually really important. It is. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So I think there was some research, I think, that showed this before. And I guess there's more research that shows it now. But So this was another kind of article that came out about patients being proved to fare better with female surgeons, which I just think we all knew already. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, and I just think, isn't it so, what's the word, contradictory almost, I've got pizza on the brain now, <laughs> but like how, so, like how we talk about how it can be harder for women to get into surgery and the kind of difficulties that women face because of just how it is, mm. whereas actually like having a surgeon who is a female statistically just means that you'll do better off as a patient and it's just it's funny isn't it because like with a lot of things you can sometimes predict how the responses are going to go when this stuff comes out you just knew exactly what was going to happen it's amazing though because as you say like it's a not just 90 day mortality even extended to year patient outcomes they said yeah female surgeon and then of course you can, pre- can predict what people say. You can predict like, what are the predictable outcomes was people saying, oh, is it because they shoot easier cases? Is it because... Cheeky. cheeky. Yeah, I know, right? Is it because... Someone said, is it because they're so anxious and feel like they have to do better that they are more, more involved? It in couldn't just be that we're more skilled. Yeah. Could no, it? No, no. it just couldn't be that. It's no. amazing. And then people like the yeah. mental gymnastics. And then someone else said, yes. is it really fair? To compare the two, I'm like, what are you on about? And then he go, he like doubles down. He's like, would you do a study like comparing like race? And I was like, people have done that. There's a study that yeah, yeah, about like physicians and babies' mortality, and it's better with them. There you go. And yeah, he replied yet, but uh, it's just. Uh, but no, it's classic, isn't it? And this is this is the president of yeah. who's obviously not formulated all of those responses, but the president yeah. of the Royal College of Surgeons of England did formulate a response that said, however, association is not causation. And like you say, one of those reasons could be to do with complexity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, man, read the room. Yeah. Read the room. This is research. Yeah, I know. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I think for some people, like, the because the alternative is just so hard to swallow, so they'll look for... And you see a lot of medicine, don't you? Like, people, people obviously look for research and outcomes that support their own agenda kind of thing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so if anything comes, then you have to have this kind of overwhelming body of evidence to counter that. And so it just yeah. goes to show that even within people in the scientific academic community, they're not as impartial. As, even though they like to pretend like they're really impartial and stuff, they're not biased. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we should talk about the momentous BMA Vote that today. was today. Yeah, Incredible. 98%. How many people responded? You know, it's quite a few, right? Yes. So I've just, I got the WhatsApp when I was in work. Here we go. So eligible members that actually were eligible to vote was yeah. up by 14,000. So obviously wow. people have thought, I'm going to join that. Hmm. The returned ballot percentage was down, I think. So last time, 77% of eligible voters returned their ballot, but that was 30, nearly 37,000 people. Yeah. This time it was just over 44,000 people, but that was 71% of eligible people. 
But again, like last time, 98% did yes, which is a pretty strong mandate, it is. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they've said 7,122 7, more yes votes last time. You Amazing, told really. them again. Yeah, it is. It's, it's incredible. It's interesting to see the kind of flavor of the strikes is changing. I guess it's going to escalate as time goes on because you need the government to pay attention. And even though, yeah, as yeah, you said absolutely. before, very rightly that the cost of the strikes could have been the exact, or could have been how much it costs to give us pay restoration. So yeah, it's actually less than what the strikes has cost the NHS and the government now, isn't it? But that I just think that says just that fact alone just tells anyone everything that they need to know yeah so this decision it's a game yeah exactly it's just ideology and they just need to they need to get with it totally it's not going to stop and people are overwhelmingly in favor of continuing the strikes and now it's going to involve the consultants as well people are clutching pearls are being clutched everywhere the hippocratic joint oh my god we should play bingo or how dare you we should we go my gosh we would last seven minutes on this podcast through bloody hell yeah, I know. It's bonkers. Hippocratic Oath. Oh my gosh, that one. Yeah. Dredged yeah. up again and again. Yeah, classic. Classic. You put, you put in Steve's little tweet. Steve. Do you want to read it oh, out? Do you want to read it yeah. out in his, in his voice? I do indeed. So our good friend, Steve Barkley. So as per usual in classic Barkley gaslighting fashion, he tweeted this afternoon, today's announcement from the BMA of more doctor strikes is extremely disappointing. I know it will weigh heavily on the minds of their NHS colleagues and patients, both of whom are shouldering the brunt of the BMA's relentless and coordinated strike action. Nearly 900,000 appointments have been cancelled due to strike action. I fear the BMA's hardline stance and threat of indefinite action means this number will only keep rising. You can do something about it. Mm. Doctors who started their hospital training this year will receive a 10.3% pay increase. B.S with the average junior doctor set to get 8.8%. My door is always open, more BS, to discuss how we can work together with the NHS staff to improve their working lives. But this pay award is final, so I urge the BMA to call an end to this callous and calculated disruption. Yeah. He keeps he talking about... well what he's doing, doesn't exactly. he? Like, those words are very purposefully chosen. Isn't it really rich to talk about his door being open when his, his engagement with the It's quite firmly process. closed, yeah. yeah. It hasn't it doesn't turn up to pre-arranged negotiate, negotiation. And he keeps talking about final and... offers that he makes unilaterally. It just what I what I didn't realise though. So he tweeted that at four fifty eight p.m. Mm. It's now twenty two forty. The many likes he's got. Oh, 24. Oh, twenty four. Twenty four. Oh. And apparently nearly 120,000 of people have viewed that tweet. Oh, God. That's called cool. ratio, isn't it? That's He's getting ratioed big time. Ratioed. So we love we love to see it. But yeah, I, and I, I don't know, like sometimes I think it, we shouldn't be depending on what the public think of us. I know mm. that's not the whole point, but I think sometimes it does help morale to just know that I think people are maybe getting the message and not believing this spin that the Tories are constantly putting out there. Yeah, every little helps. Yeah, so it reminds yeah. me of that little. Have you seen that kind of like Tesco thing, which has been changed, and it says Tories, very little help. Yeah, because oh no, I love that though. That yeah, sounds yeah. good. Cool. So I think we are at time. So quickly mention our sponsor again before we say goodbye. So 
Our sponsors are Scrubs, S-C-R-B-S underscore UK. They put you in Scrubs. They are Scrubs devised, by, devised and designed by medical professionals. They're launching a new line pretty soon. Check them out. For comfortable, durable scrubs that are for doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, vets, dentists. Try them out. Use our promo code 2medics, T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S-10 for 10% off. So thank you so much to people, you guys, anyone. <laughs> To whoever's there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. listening. And thank you, Bethan. Would you like oh, to no, leave... thank you, Therusha. Would you like to leave some wisdom or something? I yeah. certainly would. And that would be just try tuna on pizza. Tuna like, on pizza, yeah. Just do it, yeah. Maybe yeah. I will. I think we're going to get pizza tomorrow, so maybe that'll be my first time. I'll let you know how it goes. Maybe start with half of a small one because I'm yeah. not being responsible for the ructions Barry. that causes. Yeah, or that as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> not, I'm not having my name on that. All, that Sorry, metals. All those yeah. metals. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys yeah thank you for listening thank you bethan and see you next week thank you take care stay safe Bye.